Welcome to Gates of the City in our midweek service. Glad you're with us this week. Hope you're having a good Easter week. I love this week. You know, Easter's all about Jesus. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the world thinks it's about some other things, but it's truly all about Jesus. And, um, you know, when you think about it being about Jesus, you know, we think of the resurrection, but it's not just about the resurrection because if he hadn't been born, there would be no resurrection. If he hadn't lived a full life to 33 years old, which was the fulfillment of prophecy, uh, there'd be no resurrection. But it is about his death and his resurrection, but it's also about his ascension to the right hand of the Father. And, and what that represented is that it empowered the church. And tonight I'm, I'm going to talk about that empowerment. You know, we're, we're all about this week, and it's all about Jesus, and it's about his resurrection. But why did he, why was he born, and why did he live, and why did he do all that he did in his three years of ministry? And, and, and why did he die the death that he did, and, 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 and the resurrection that, that happened in his ascension? Why? It was all to empower the church to do in the earth what he was doing in the earth. He was the example. He, the Bible calls him our elder brother. He is our example to follow after. And, and as we follow after that and understand that empowerment, there's amazing things that we can accomplish. Um, I, I want to look at this from a couple of different points tonight as, as, as I share along this line. Um, you know, I, and this is a question, I've mentioned this in one of my messages here lately, but you know, the question is, can we literally take the Word of God as truth, and can we literally apply the Word of God and get the results that Jesus got? Can we? It's a huge question, and during this season, this Easter week and season, and everything that it represents, you know, I'm just saying we have to personally, individually dig deeper to understand all that he did for us and not take it for granted, but, in, 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 you know, uh, in, allow that empowerment to make a huge difference in our life on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, there's a verse of scripture in Luke chapter 9 and verse 2, and it very simply says this. He sent his disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sent his disciples to preach the kingdom. It, you know, it can sound mysterious to, you know, the kingdom of God. What's that all about? Well, I want to define that and I want to see, I want us to see tonight in scripture, in the word of God, how that that's what he's called us to do, to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. That's what he's called us to do, truly. And I want us to see that through scripture. First off, the word preach, a lot of times people think that preach is just, is just what like is being done here. Somebody standing behind a pulpit and, and delivering a word. Well, that, that's part of it. But the word preach actually is, is defined as to declare something, to, to actually just speak to something, to speak and to, to declare. Well, that's not just, preaching is not just doing something behind a pulpit, but it's things that we do every day in our lives. He said he's called us, he sent his disciples, and if he sent his disciples to do that, well, he's called us to do that. 
to, to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. In Mark chapter 4, and I want to define the kingdom, to preach is to declare and to speak to something. The kingdom of God is defined many different times in what Jesus said that he came to do. He came to declare the kingdom of God. And in Mark chapter 4 and verse 26 it says, And he said, The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground, and then continues sleeping and rising night and day, while the seed sprouts and grows and increases, he, know, he knows not how. And, and what he isn't saying there is that the person that sowed the seed just sat around and did nothing. And he, he was just totally amazed that, that the seeds begin to sprout up and begin to grow. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that daily he's taking care of that seed and, and he doesn't really know and understand how that's happening. But it's happening because he's doing his part. Then he says, the earth produces acting by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe and permits, immediately he sends forth the reapers and puts the sickle, puts in the sickle because the harvest stands ready. What he's talking about here is, is what the kingdom of God is about. And the kingdom of God is about seed time. It's about it's about developing time you know what you do in taking care of the seed that you've sown and it's about harvest time that's the kingdom of God the Bible says as long as heaven and earth is intact so is seed time developing time and harvest time that's the way God thinks I'm gonna say it to you again that is the way God thinks now, I want you to listen to this verse of scripture we're gonna read a few verses in Matthew chapter 6 but I want you to listen to this verse just for a moment in the Amplified Translation. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But he said, seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. And in parentheses, he defines what his kingdom and his righteousness are. We, we looked at what preaching is because he called his disciples, called all of us, to preach the kingdom, number one, but to heal the sick. And preaching, we said, is not just somebody behind a, you know, a pulpit and, and a podium and, and declaring a message. That, that is a form of preaching, but it's just to speak to and to declare. And we're called to speak to and to declare God's kingdom. And he said here that his kingdom and his righteousness is his way of doing and being right. And when you seek that first, his way of doing and being right, then he said, all these other things together will be given you besides. Well, in a moment, we're going to talk about what those other things are. But right now, I just want to just focus for a moment on the preaching of the kingdom, the declaring and speaking to in our lives and, and to help other people to understand the way God does something and the way that he does it right. I, I don't want to just do good things. I want to do things right. I want to do it the way God wants it done in life. And that's what the preaching of the kingdom is. The preaching of the kingdom is some, something that can be done one-on-one. 
can be done with a group of 10 or a hundred or a thousand or however many, it can th the, the kingdom and God's way of doing and thinking and operating can be done and spoken and declared every day of our life. God wants us to do that. He wants us to understand in our own life what His way of doing is and being right is and, and be able to take that and believe in it and share it with other people. That to me is what Jesus his, that's what his birth, it's what his life, it's what his death and his burial and his resurrection and his ascension produced for the church, for humanity, for people. He, Jesus said that he's building his church. And his church is not just a building, it's a people. It's, it's people coming together that he created. All human beings on planet earth have inside of them the ability to believe and trust God. But you have to know God, number one, and then you have to know the way He thinks and the way He operates. You can have a salvation experience with God and yet not really know Him and know how He operates. Because if I don't know how, who He is and how He operates, I'm not able to share that with other people. I'm a pastor of this great church here, Gates of the City in Kerrville, Texas. But I'm not just the only one. The people of this church body and churches all over America and all over the world are called to preach and to declare and to speak to God's way of operation in the earth. We've got to understand it so that we can accomplish in the earth what He empowered us to accomplish. That it's not, that it's not you know, that, that what He accomplished is not being fulfilled. That's what I desire is to be in the middle of fulfilling what He empowered me to accomplish in the earth. I want to read in the New Living Translation some of the verses in Matthew 6 that were uh, before verse 33. And I want to start with verse 25. I just want to read a few of these verses and, and, and talk about some things that kind of relate to things that we're facing today but it's not just in the day and the time that we're in and all, all you know, all, all of the issues and the, and the fear and, and, and the, this, the, 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 the effects of this virus and all that has been. It's not just about this time. It's about all times. You know, th there'll be other things that you'll face as we're past this and we're getting past this. I'm telling you, heaven's not shook up with this and we're getting past this. We will get past it. But there'll be other things that you'll face in life. And there's principles here that you need to understand. It's God's way of thinking and operating. And He wants you to know how He thinks so that He can be, he can be affecting and touching and ministering life to the people around you in your life. You know, it's not just about me giving people my opinion about something, but I want to share with other people God's way of doing in the earth. I'm, I'm excited about that. Tonight, I want, to, I, I want to read these few verses of Scripture, starting with verse 25 in Matthew 6. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Don't worry about everyday life. He's got it covered. Whether you have enough food, whether you have enough drink, or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds great example here. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, 
For your heavenly Father, He feeds them. He takes care of them. And aren't you, aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Well, the truth is, you and I have to believe that we are. And when you believe you're more important than the birds are, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the birds because it says right here that He does. But I'm telling you today, and this may not be politically correct to say, but I'm telling you today, you're more important than a bird. You just are, because he said so. You're more important. And he said, and, and aren't you more valuable to him than they are, the birds? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment? That's a question. And the answer to that is, not one. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their, their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, and I live in the Texas Hill Country and there's some beautiful wildflowers here. I mean beautiful wildflowers. But he said about the wildflowers, that they are here today and thrown into the, in, into the fire tomorrow, if, if that's the case, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what should we eat? What are we going to drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of people that don't believe. But your Heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. So as we read earlier, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right, and all this other stuff will be taken care of. I don't care what it is. There's not anything that He has not empowered you to be able to receive from Him that you need. Not natural, not natural things in any form or fashion. Everything... He said he would take care of. Actually, he said to us, he would meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All of our needs. And I'm just telling you today, in, in, the, in the last verse, the 34th verse uh, of this passage, he says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The things that you face today, it's enough. But I'm telling you, God is the God of yesterday. He's the God of today. He's the God of tomorrow. He's got your today right now. But I'm telling you, you don't have to worry about tomorrow because he's got tomorrow. He's got it all covered in every way. And, and the way that we can trust him is by seeking him first, understanding him first. And he said in the passage that we read, he said, do, do not take the cares and the worries of the world by saying all these things. What are we going to do about this? How are we going to take care of this? What about this situation? What about the virus out there? What, what about my financial situation and, and, and circumstances? What, what am I going to do about all those things? Well, he's saying to us, the more you focus on those areas of life, the things that it looks like and appears like there's no answer for, if you continue to focus on that, then that's what you're going to receive. That's why I said, why is it that you have no trust in faith? It's because we're not taking the Word of God and applying it 
to the situations that we face. I asked the question in the beginning of this message, can we take the, the word of God literally and believe that if I seek his kingdom, if I seek God and, and learn to understand the way he operates and, and learn to understand what, what, what's most important to him, if I learn to do that and how to tap into this kingdom world, if I learn to do that, he said he would take care of everything else. Actually, he said in that passage of scripture, that he already knows what you have need of. He knows the things that you face in life. He already knows that. And he's already taken care of it. We have to tap into that and be able to receive that so, so that not only are our needs met in, in, in this life, but also the needs of other people. I, I like the, the message translation of the Bible. And I, I want to read just... Uh, uh, four or five of the verses in Matthew chapter 6 in the message translation. I like what it says. If, if, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food that you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not, tire, not tied down to a job description of any kind, careless in the care of God, and you count, and, and you count for more to Him than even the birds do. Has anyone by... Has anyone, by fussing in front of the mirror, ever gotten tailored by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out in the fields and look at the wildflowers. They, they never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside some of those wildflowers. And I just tell you, like I said, I live in the hill country of Texas where there's a lot of wildflowers and there's a beauty there that you can't manufacture. And if God's about the flowers and if he's about the birds, how much more is he about you? You know, but sometimes we think to ourselves, well, you know, that, that sounds good, and, and I hear what you're saying, but I don't really believe it. Well, the only way for you to truly believe that and to really understand that is to seek Him. And the only way that you can seek Him is through His Word. His Word has to be something that's real to you. You have to learn how to apply that Word on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm choosing today not to give in to fear. I have fear coming from different directions. Everybody does. But I'm choosing not to watch and look at the fear and give in to the fear. I'm choosing to believe in the promises of God. He's empowered me. His, his birth and his life and his death and his burial and resurrection and ascension was all to empower me to be able to live the life that he created me to live. I'm choosing by that revelation and the revelation of his promises that are growing in me daily because I seek after that 
to learn how to understand, to live a life in his kingdom, to understand how he does things and the way that he does them and, and the way that he does them right. So that I don't have to live my life just barely getting by, just barely trying to make it, just barely trying to tap into, you know, what, what I think is right, but then giving up after a few weeks. No, staying with it until I see it. Because what, what did he say in the scripture? He said that, and I said to you, that as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time, right? So when you sow the seed of the word of God and you develop that inside of you, there's harvest time coming. And I tell you what, I'm excited about harvest. I'm excited about receiving the things that God has in my life. I'm excited for you that you can receive all that God has for you. It's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. It, it may not seem like it out there, but it's a great day to be alive and to be a part of the church that Jesus empowered. I'm telling you today, tonight, that he empowered the church and, and we're in a great place.